Hey, it's Matt Bovey from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. All right, everybody, Matt Bovey this week joined by Jenna Cottrell, Mike Catalana, Dan Fates, all three of them from 13 Wham down in Rochester, Buffalo Plus. Follow them all along. They do some absolutely phenomenal work. So, guys, we talked a little bit about what we thought the Bills' outlook really for the season was and where they stand. The biggest loss is Tremaine Edmonds. But what about the additions that they've made? Who has been your favorite addition, whether it was something you thought was going to happen or something that caught you off guard? Jenna, we'll start with you. Um, I think it's Taylor Rapp um, because while I would love to say Poyer, and I think that is something that uh, maybe Mike and Dan would take um, in my head when we were talking about this, I think Rapp because of the experience that he can add, the fact that he's had big time minutes coming off the team that he is with the Rams. And I just feel like last season we saw, you know, what Micah Hyde being out and what Jordan Poyer at moments, even though, I mean, you, you talk about the injuries that these guys have had and Poyer coming back out to play like, toughness personified but at the same point I mean that was a huge point of weakness in this Bills defense and to have a guy that has so much experience and you know it's interesting he even came to Buffalo considering the fact that who's in in front of him Uh, but at the same point I think just it's not the flashiest signing it's not the sexiest but at the same point I think it's something that down the stretch will be a really important guy bringing that into the roster. And then also looking at it, you know, beyond what the season is and what he can add. Um, I just think that that's someone, when I saw that, I was like, that's interesting. I wouldn't expect that. And it's not a receiver. It's not anyone like that. But at the same point, I think, uh, you know, with what we've seen from NFL defenses and how, you know, it's been all about the offense and scoring as many points as possible. Just to have a guy that's been there before, I think will be huge down the stretch. The thing with the Taylor Rapp signing to me, now this one, it's going to be a weird comparison because what I'm going to compare to didn't work out as well as I think people thought. I almost feel like the Taylor Rapp signing is a little bit like when they got Tim Settle last year, where it was a bit more under the radar. I had big expectations for Tim Settle going into the season. He never ultimately lived up to those expectations. I think Rapp, has a chance to. And I do mm-hmm. think it's a little bit of a long play for the Bills. And it's like, yeah, come in here right now. I think with Sean, they're going to try some different things on defense that we haven't seen. I don't think that guy would have signed here unless he's going to be on the field, at least yeah. every once in a while. And that's why I think there is some potential. All right. So Taylor App for Jenna. Mike, how about you? Um, I, you know, Jenna mentioned, you know, Jordan Poyer. Um, I find it interesting the way Poyer is coming back. And I have no doubt he'll be all in. Um, that guy was all in, and I've said it on our channel multiple times, like no guy I'd ever seen in a Bills uniform in the final year of a contract. And then he he sort of got a dose of reality when he got on the open market. 
And it was great work by Bean and the team, I think, to keep that door open where he didn't feel like he had to crawl back. He's a great player. So to get him back in this system, I think, was fantastic. But I like the Damian Harris signing. I like a back who can help out Allen. And we've talked about this multiple, multiple times. They are not a running team. They will never be a, quote, running team. But come on. It's embarrassing how poorly they've run the ball when they've needed to. And it's not about Josh Allen not using his legs. That's who he is, using his legs. He just gets hit too much. There was the stat about the percentage of times where he's actually tackled. And it's too much. There's too many hits that you don't need. I want to see Josh Allen run and get out of bounds or slide. Take a couple of hits is fine. I think Harris can give them that. I love him on a one-year deal. I think he's the kind of guy that can be impactful in the offense without getting a crazy amount of touches because it takes away from what you do best, but it adds to something you need to do better. Is it crazy? Yeah, Mike. No, is it crazy for me to think that Damian Harris might be RB1 this year, even though they're going to want it to be James Cook? I think Damian Harris has a chance of winning that oh, yeah. job. Yeah, I, I agree, and that's why, to me, I am don't run the ball ever. I am constantly <laughs> throw throw the damn ball. Um, is kind of been it, and it was funny. We were talking on one of our our videos, and the, the thought got brought up of, "Hey, uh, Travis Henry is working out with Von Miller and all these things." And I remember being like, "Yeah, like again, salary cap isn't real. You can make it work." And Jenna was the one to be like, "Hey, by the way, like Travis Henry, Derek Henry, Henry Derek Henry yeah. needs like all of these touches." <laughs> he needs all of these carries. Like he needs 30 touches. And I was like, Oh yeah, forget that because that's 30 times that Josh Allen doesn't have the ball. Damian Harris is that difference guy where he's physical, but he can be physical on his first carry to his 10th carry. And that's what he's used to. He's not used to getting a massive amount of touches. He's got a nose for the end zone, had 15 touchdowns two years ago. And for me, it has always been part of the reason why I've been so against the bills running the ball is because they say they want to be this physical style of running. And they have running backs that are, that are 180 pounds. It's like <laughs> that that's not being a physical running back and their line isn't being physical enough. So if you want to make a recipe that is physical, you need ingredients that will help you make the <laughs> recipe. And to me, Damian Harris is that guy. So I love the signing. Uh, I, I think he he gives them short yardage. I'm with you, Bovey. I think that from first down carries to third down pass protection, I think Damian Harris could be uh, the go-to guy. Damian <laughs> Harris in the Bills Monday Night Football wind game. Okay, so that was basically a split yeah. of him and Ramondre Stevenson. Guess So he had 110 yards. He did it on yeah. 10 carries. 10 carries. With the big one. Yeah, he the had big the one. big one, but the big one was like 50 yards. So he had 60 yards on nine carries or something like that. So he clearly, and in the game after Christmas, the day after Christmas, he lit him up in that game too. I think he had three touchdowns in that game. Yeah. He's played the bills four times, has rushed for 300, has rushed for a hundred yards in three out of the four games and has five total touchdowns. This dude eats up. I was joking around. We did our newscast. I said, if you can't stop him, I guess you just sign him. I go, that's, yeah. that's the motto. Like just get him off the Patriots, get him in, in your building and he's going to be better. And, and to your point before about the quiet off season, I love the one-year deals they're doing. Mm -hmm. I think that works for the team. I think a lot of times it works for the player. I think good organizations do this. They, they put guys in that circumstance. Je Jenna mentioned Taylor Rapp, you know, guys that are 
on, you know, on these kind of deals. And I think it works for a guy like Harris. That's what running backs end up doing usually yep. after their first contract. And I think it, I think it works in both cases. I, I'm I'm excited to see what he can do. My favorite thing about the offseason really are with these one-year deals, they're doing one-year deals with players who still have a clear trajectory and upside. Mm-hmm. This is not like, oh, you're getting Emmanuel Sanders to play one more season before he retires. It's like, okay, Damian Harris is in his mid-20s. Trent Shurfield's in his mid-20s. Hardy's in his mid-20s. McGovern, that's a three-year deal, but also in his mid-20s. They are signing guys who they think they can get the most out of, not guys who they're saying like, okay, take one more kick at the can and we're going to go try and win a Super Bowl. So I do think that that's a really smart way of just handling your business. I have said on this same podcast a hundred times, I'm going to sound like a broken record. I was all in on the offense all summer or all off season. I'm just like, stop thinking about the defense. It doesn't matter. Don't lose your fastball. Josh Allen is your fastball. Now we're getting ready for the draft. We're less than a month away. As we were talking, I was looking up, Todd McShay's mock draft, whatever point oh. I don't know how many of them has been. It got released this morning. He had the Bills selecting Jordan Addison, the wide receiver from USC. I would love that for the Bills. I'm still offense all the way. What about you guys as we start to kind of really focus on the draft here? Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I have been team wide receiver. It feels like the last two and a half years. Um, what always blows my mind, and Bovey, to your point, I've always been fearful and we I, something I talked about in a broken record on our podcast and our channel is that you have invested a quarter of a billion dollars into Josh Allen. And then you're giving him third, fourth, fifth round players to work with. It's what the Packers did with Aaron Rodgers, And it's what drove him out of green Bay because he was sick and tired of give me some pieces to go around him. Now he has had wide receivers that have been all pro. So like, I'm not saying it never happened, but I'm all about team wide receiver from what we're hearing when, when Mike and I were at the combine, um, there is whispers of Bijan Robinson that again, he's a guy, a, a running back from Texas that I, I know the bills have been interested in a running back for a long time. And for everybody that says that's not possible, um, they, they've been in on them the last few drafts. They've spent draft capital. They kicked the can on Christian McCaffrey, um, they, they, they traded for Naeem Hines. They're trying to get the running back position, right. And for as much as we talk about how Damien Harris is, could be RB one. I don't think any of these moves that they have made this off season deter them from going after any position that they want to in the draft. So if they wanted a wide receiver, Trent Sherfield and Deontay Hardy don't deter them from taking a wide receiver in the first round. So I'm all about wide receiver, but the way that Bean has talked about adding playmakers. He's always talked about, well, you don't need to add a running back. We need to add playmakers. So whether he's always brought up tight end, he's brought up wide receiver, he's brought up running back. I expect the first round pick to be somebody that can help Josh Allen on offense. Sal Sal had said for a while that he wouldn't rule out tight end in the first round. Mm -hmm. And I kind of thought it didn't make sense. But further into the offseason, we've gotten, I'm like, wow. Like, I just think. No matter what, if you draft somebody on offense, I'm not going to complain. I don't love the idea of Bijan Robinson, but I like it better than taking any position on defense. So, Jenna, okay. how about you? Is there any sort of position or player that you really like for the Bills? No, I mean, I think it's that. I think it's the playmakers. I think it's just, I mean, we saw down the stretch last season, like Josh Allen with Stephon Diggs, you know, whatever was going on between them or the defense was just all over Diggs. Like there wasn't another gear to go to and it had to be on Josh. And I feel like when you look at just this season and what you need to see, like 
the Bills, they want to spread out the ball. They they have digs. They want to get him involved, obviously, as much as possible. But I just love the idea. And maybe it's not a receiver in terms of that. Maybe it is a tight end or it is, you know, a, a running back. But at the same point, I think it's just you said it like keep the fastball that is Josh Allen going and keep him having multiple options and different looks. But I will say this brings up something that we have talked about of just like the fear is that will, you know, the bills in terms of Ken Dorsey be able to utilize if you have a bunch of different guys and different skill sets, will that be utilized as much in a Brian Dable offense, you know, as we go into year two for him? Yeah, I'm going to, um, I'm with Jenna on that. It's, it's on Dorsey, um, to figure some of this out. It's also on Josh Allen and, you know, a lot of times we hear it, you know, there's a lot of Bills fans that they don't want to hear any critique of Josh because he's tough. He's a gamer. He's the best player, all those things. But I think it's not all on Dorsey. Some of it is on Josh because you are the quarter of a billion dollar guy. And I think it comes down to trust. And it's between Dorsey and Allen and then Allen and his teammates. And when I look at the Chiefs this past year, they have brilliant play calling in Andy Reid. They do. Do you love their weapons? Did anybody love their weapons outside of Kelsey? And what happened with Mahomes? He trusted those receivers. He made them all look better than they probably are. And that's what I want to see out of Allen this year. I think he forced the ball to Gabe Davis too much. And Dan and I, we've talked about it a lot. You're going to but force is that it to too anybody. much trust? Well, yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm like, yeah, maybe too much trust in him individually. You got to move the ball around. You got to find other guys. You got to figure out ways to get the ball to the other receivers too to open things up. And I just think some of that goes to Josh um, in going forward. So if it is a rookie out of USC that they draft in the first round, they're going to need that guy to play. Maybe it's Khalil Shakir who's this year takes a leap in that second year. Maybe it is another tight end. People always back away. They go, I don't like them running too tight. You know why you don't like them running two tight end sets? Because they've never had a second tight end. They've <laughs> never had a guy who can do anything. And you keep running another offensive lineman out there to try to protect because your line was so bad last year. So I think it comes down to trust. And that begins with Dorsey because you've got to earn that. We know. Dable earned that with Allen. That to me is the key to the entire offense. Personnel aside, it is trust between coordinator and quarterback and then quarterback and his teammates. Because we know Josh didn't trust his O-line. He loves them. He buys them gifts. They let him down last year. And that has to be better. Yeah, the offensive line, especially in that Bengals game, it yeah. felt like they were just a turnstile, like they couldn't do anything. I think that there's a very clear path. Mitch Morse will be back. Deion Dawkins will be back. Obviously, McGovern is going to play. I think Bates will play in some capacity. Spencer Brown, I'm not 100% sure. The way they've talked about him, it seems like that he's got a longer leash than maybe we're giving him credit for. I do think, though, that if you were going to go out and you were going to draft somebody, a right tackle would be a position that makes a lot of sense. Or you just take somebody, a flyer on, and then you have a genuinely true competition. Rapid fire before we move on to the next thing. If you're Brandon Bean, what position are you selecting? Dan, start with you. Wide receiver. Mike, how about you? Wide receiver. Jenna? Wide receiver. I would also say wide receiver. So it's nice to know that we're all on the same page. All right. 
that's it for the draft. We're going to talk about that a lot coming up in the next couple of weeks, which you can also watch, by the way, on ABC and Buffalo and Rochester. Not a big deal. On the other side, we're going to talk about another Rochester conversation. And these guys are the perfect ones to have it.